Welcome back to the Goal Line Stands Night Talk. I am Michael Lipinski, joined as always by Brett Halpern. We are coming to you live from the virtual uh, Michael's Glass Company Studios. They have upgraded their, their support of us, and they are our studio sponsor. We greatly appreciate it. If you're in the Philadelphia tri-state area, that means the southern part of New Jersey, people. Sorry for those of you that live up north and don't know what pork roll is. I have just alienated half the fan base, I know. Check them out. 215-338-3293. They're in beautiful Northeast Philadelphia. Uh, they will windows, shower doors, that kind of thing. Brett, how are we today? Doing well, Mike. You know, I was I meant to ask you, do you uh, how close are they to the four seasons landscaping? So it's funny you should say that. They are actually they are very close to four seasons landscaping. Four seasons landscaping at one point when Michael's Glass was doing auto glass was a customer of Michael's Glass Company. Uh, four Seasons, Total Landscaping, Northeast Philadelphia State Road, in the middle of an industrial park. Whatever you need done, they do a great job, I'm sure of it. Uh, you know, yeah. Yep. If you, if you need some reading material, there's always a, an interesting store right next to it. So right next door is the... And I've been stuck. You've been there. It's at Cotman and State Road. So yeah, that's right when you come off. Right when you come off I ninety five, and um, so on that strip, there's a bar. Uh, I forget what bar it is. Good bar. There, it's right down the street from Sweet Lucy's. Not that they're a sponsor, but good barbecue. So yeah. it's yeah, I, whatever. <laughs> and, and if you need to cremate anyone, that's also right available. We can maybe we'll just record. You can record a section two forty seven show with me, and we can discuss that. Uh, we're here. We're here to talk Rutgers football. Uh, Rutgers falls to number three Ohio State. Not a shock, but forty nine twenty seven to the Buckeyes. I think more importantly here is everybody came out healthy from this thing. Yes, that is. Uh, that's definitely you know the case. I and and. Like we've discussed, and I'm sure I'm pretty confident we, we have the same sentiment as the rest of uh, Rutgers Nation out there that I, I left this game feeling the same that I did the last two games. I'm happy in the direction we're going, and I felt I was proud to be a Rutgers fan. Right. I, I agree with you. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, here they go, homers. Sunshine and rainbows. They, Rutgers has lost twice now, and each time they keep talking about how well they played. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Rutgers put up 27 points against Ohio State. Granted, some of it wasn't exact. It wasn't even garbage time. I mean, Ohio State left their starters in. People were pissed about it. Yeah. They, they played hard. They played with heart. This wasn't. This would have been 75 nothing if it were the previous regime. And it would have been over right away. Rutgers kept it interesting. There was a lot to see and a lot to learn from it. Justin Fields is good. He's going to go th throw for five touchdown passes against a lot of teams. So yeah. anyone going into this game last week thinking Rutgers is going to win, miracles happen. But that was just a, that's a figment of your imagination. Yeah, look, it, I, I completely agree. This Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country, one of the most talented teams. Justin Fields, uh, as will be discussed in our goal line stand half-season mock draft later this week, uh, is really a supreme talent, a very special talent. 
this, you know, Chris Olave is an amazing player. They have a really good offensive line, which, by the way, our defensive line didn't do half bad against. Uh, so there was there was just a lot to uh, when you were evaluating it. There was just a lot to be pleased about. And you know, whenever they played Ohio State, I know they lost seventy eight nothing in Michigan. Let's throw that out. But every time they played Ohio State, Ohio State would always you know, take their foot off the gas by the third quarter. But it always looked like they were playing a high school team. You know what? It looked like they were playing a team in the Big Ten that isn't quite at their level. And I'm okay with That's an improvement from what it used to be. So that's why I'm pleased. And some of the things that we were concerned about that we discussed as after the Indiana game, I thought were also improvement. I thought Noah Vidral actually had a better game. So I was more enthused after the Ohio State game. Uh, yeah, I look at so I'm looking at the numbers. The draw 22 for 33, 168, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Now nah, that's that's pedestrian. Art Sitkowski, which we're going to get to in a second, nine yeah. for 13, 62, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Johnny Langan, uh, three three for three, two yards and, and a touchdown. Uh, you know. The package, but that's okay. I, that's fine. Here, here's the stat that really stands out to me. There. So in NCAA, they count a sack as a loss, as a, as a rushing loss. Yeah. One for minus eight. Yeah. That's a huge improvement. And I don't care what you say. That either whether it's scheme or or there the the line is improving. That's a positive. Yeah, absolutely, and. um you know, I would make the argument the, the Ohio State defensive line isn't quite what it's been the last several years, but still, it's the Ohio State defensive line. There's pro future pros on that line. So, uh, and, and also one of the former number one ranked New Jersey prospects in Tyler Friday, uh, and we held our own. So, yeah, I, I'm pleased, and they played hard. Look, I think there is a co there, there is a debate to be had whether – it was more valuable to keep the starters in, put the gas, you know, to keep your foot on the gas literally to the last second or to that, to get to essentially concede and allow some of your second, your second and third string to get quality playing time. I, I don't know, but the score would have been different. I think you would I I agree. They would have you. put up a fifty burger. You would have had, you know, I, you probably wouldn't have scored the last two touchdowns. You wouldn't have covered. I don't know. Great teams cover and Rutgers that's, covered. That's true. They do. Uh, you, you at least got that. My prediction, I was wrong because I said they'd pulled them under forty points. Um, but you know, I do wonder though because particularly in this season of COVID, if it may have been more valuable to get some of the backups playing time yeah I, I don't know it's weird like this is it's, it's weird I don't know that I can answer that I think that that the coaching staff is still trying to figure out what they have yeah I, I talked about the preseason approach to this year and, and fans don't want to hear it and I understand that but this is the reality that we're in everyone has an extra year of eligibility this is a free year use this the coaching staff needs to use this as their preseason for 2021 
because yeah. that's when things are hopefully with advancements in medicine and the news coming out and, and leadership taking different approaches, maybe we can get back to some kind of normal world at that point, come fall of 2021. You're going to know what you have. And I don't have a problem keeping the starters in. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm here and there you throw a guy, but it is what it is. We we got the one the one thing I've been clamoring for and we've talked about maybe was seeing Art Sikowski. We saw Art Sikowski on Saturday night. I still don't think there's a quarterback controversy. Vedral's the guy. He offers a little bit more. But I think moving forward, this is just an opinion. This is not knowing anything or reading it. I think moving forward, you're going to see a scenario where Jesus Christ, we might have six quarterbacks. Uh, you know, this is this is Howie Roseman's wet dream right here. What Rutgers is doing. Oh, you can put more than one quarterback on the field at a time. We'll wonder what's going on here. Got to tell you, now you, now you mentioned Howie Roseman's wet dream. I think you ruined my morning, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, so you know, your statement's interesting regarding Noah Vedral offering more. I think he offers more as it relates to running the ball. But I got to tell you, as soon as you saw Sikowski throw the ball, you're like, yeah, that that's like a nor. I mean, that I mean, he has a nice arm. We unfortunately, most of the time in the past, it's gone to the opposing team. But to me, his arm opens up that offense significantly more than Vedral in terms of the passing game. But then with, with Noah, you have the running game opening up more. So it's interesting. I don't know. He looked really good. Um, I, I'd say the only thing is he definitely seemed to have – I don't know if he was necessarily looking through his options. He sort of had predetermined who he was going to throw to. But it, it looked good. He he really – it opened up the field, uh, particularly that one throw – he had a nice throw to Bo Melton. He had a nice one on the sideline. It looked really good. I, I I agree. I don't think there's a quarterback controversy, but but if Noah lays an egg, to me he laid an egg against Indiana. Uh, if he lays another one, then you might have a comp, uh, controversy. I think college programs, unless you have a Justin Fields, a Trevor Lawrence, you know, you should approach it as though it's bullpen by committee is the yeah. best way to put it from a baseball perspective. You can make the change in college and jumpstart the offense a little bit. This week coming up, we're going to talk about it later in the week. We're going to have an Illinois preview show. It's going to be interesting. Rutgers is favored, so you need, they need to be on top of their game here. Uh, before we move off of Ohio State, on Twitter on Saturday night and Facebook and, and some of the Big Ten forums, there was a lot being made about Rutgers and the trick plays and the two-point conversions when they were down big. Did you have an issue with it, or was this showing, look, we're not who we were for the past six years? Uh, so I didn't have an issue with the trick plays. The two-point conversions, from a strategic standpoint, at some point, I, it wasn't going to happen against Ohio State. They were, We both know they were never coming back. Everyone listening to the show knows they were never coming back. But, you know, if you're playing a team where you're down 15, 16, or if you go for the two-point conversion too early you're always and you fail, you're always chasing that point. 
And then it's compounded if you continue to miss on the two-point conversions. So I think from a coaching uh, from strategy point, I don't know. I, I he might want to rethink that to go for two point conversions so early. It, it wasn't applicable in Ohio State, but I have no problem with the trick plays. It's just something else that other coaches are going to have to scheme for and pay attention to. Now, I do think it opens the door for a lot of teams to kind of go after Rutgers with their own trick plays, but. So be it. I like a little bit of razzle-dazzle in my life. Can you think of one trick play? I, there was like one or two trick plays we ran in the whole entire Chris Ash era. I could think of the one Giovanni Rochino dropped a touchdown against Penn State. Oh, well, they ran the, didn't they, a variation of, of the, the Philly, Philly special. special. Yeah. And, and it would have been that, – that would have been the game winner, I think, right? Or it game? would have put them like within, one, within a field goal. Right, so that was a big one, and he dropped. Yeah, it. right. Yeah. yeah, But everyone ran. Everyone started running the Philly special. Yeah. at that point. So yeah, it almost became a common play. It, that it, yeah, I mean, look, it's only worked twice in big scenarios: once in Super Bowl Fifty Two, and again last week, the Philly special. So <laughs> it, you know, yeah, it, it, but I, I have no problem with it. Guess what? It's football. Um, do, you, do you think Rashino Rashino walked over to Chris Ash and was like? You want to you want to run uh you want to run Piscataway Piscataway, or no, no, no. New Brunswick. I New think Brunswick. Ash probably just had that bewildered face. Yeah, you know, and yeah. well, he, I don't really think he discussed the offense that much. I don't even remember who was the offensive coordinator that year. That's a problem too. But so you know, I I agree with you. This is it's football, man. I mean, I know it's Big Ten football. Pound it up. I had no problem with it. Yeah. You know, and on top of it, if they were that good, they, they should have stopped it. Plus, Ohio State ran a, a fake punt, which, you know, look, that kind of jump-started everything. Look, it was only 7-3 after the first quarter. Right. So, and that really jump-started their offense and then led to the barrage of points in the second quarter. So, it, you know, it would have been nice had they had, um, you know, they if they stopped that punt. But that was a that's a – you know, a trick play. So whatever, I don't care. Be sure to follow the show on social media. That's Twitter and Facebook at night talk pod. K N I G H T talk pod. We've been uh, getting more and more people. Uh, thanks to heaven university on these Scarlet nation message board saying, Hey, go listen to these guys completely unsolicited. So we yep. appreciate, we appreciate that. And we're going to move into one of our favorite segments here of the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk fat sandwiches. We're going to give out awards. We have amended our voting because I'm allowed to. We're allowed to change the voting rules. You can just tweak these things, you know, tinker with them, make th good things happen. I'm kidding, people. We went from three to one. Three to one. <laughs> so here's what we have now. Brett and I will each pick our own fat sandwich winner, but we also have the fans' choice, which was voted upon on our Twitter. So the fans had a choice. Bo Melton, Raekwon O'Neal, Avery Young. I'm actually surprised here, but the fans' choice, their fat sandwich winner of the week, went to Bo Melton, who is having a fantastic year, completely deserving of it, just a little bit shocked. Yeah, you know, well, you know, I mean, look, he, he had some nice plays. Again, it's nice to see 
um, a player finally get coached up properly and realize his potential. And by the way, I, you know, I think he's finally creeping into discussions regarding being a legitimate uh, pro prospect. Well, now that that's, that's interesting. So I was thinking, I'm like, man, it's a shame senior year. He's finally going to break out, right? He's fi- we're finally going to get that guy. Remembering that technically he has another year. He's yeah. a, he's a fifth year guy, right? I mean, he would benefit from staying another year and building upon what he's doing. Correct. I would think so. Un- unless he literally takes such leaps where he is a guaranteed draft. I say right now he's played his way into becoming a, at minimum, a priority free agent, uh, which look, I'm, and I'm not trying to, you know, like shit on his game prior to this season. I don't know if you could say that. And that's simply because of how anemic the offense was. Uh, but now I think he's definitely going to get some looks. So, I think it would probably benefit him to come back another year, but he may continue to just skyrocket this year. Who knows? Yeah, certainly interesting. It's going to be a dynamic to follow throughout the offseason. Your choice, your fat sandwich winner goes to who? So my fat sandwich winner goes to the Rutgers defensive line. And they got – they consistently got good pressure. They sacked Justin Fields. They it, it, w- it was definitely a group effort, but I was, you know, if, as compared with other Ohio State games where, you know, it w- whether it was Justin Fields last year, JT Barrett or whomever who would literally just sit back there and could have taken a nap. You know, they just did a very good job. Plus, the you know, yeah, they had a few runs. That running game didn't kill us. So I'm going with the Rutgers defensive line. They look hungry. The Rutgers, the, the, they probably, and they'll probably enjoy the fat sandwich. <laughs> Rutgers defensive line actually got a lot of praise nationally after the game for being disruptive and maybe setting out a little bit of a playbook for other teams. Now, I don't know if it's going to really matter. Uh, we'll get to that on the goal line stand, uh, our, our all football time show, which is drops Tuesday as well. Uh, the goal line stand.com. When that's up and running, new website coming. Don't worry about it. At GL Stand Show, on also, but they got a lot of they got a lot of love, which is impressive. Yeah. Hey, and the uh, the sexy Swede got in there. Yeah, I, 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 I had to come up with a new. I had to come up with a nickname. I didn't you know what make, else to come up with. We'll make sure to tweet that out. Uh, yeah. My pick. I, I mean, Fat Man touchdown. Yeah. It, had to be, it has to be Raekwon O'Neal. The that is right there. I'm so jealous every time I see a lineman do something like that. I get so angry that, you know, 22 years ago, we couldn't put in a play like that And back when I was in my day in high school or I never called my own number on a fake punt or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we can get into that in another show. Your, your, uh, <laughs> your visions of grandeur. But you always wanted to be a tight end. I, I believed I was the next Bavaro. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, look. It, it's someone good to aspire to. There we go. But yeah, Raekwon O'Neal. I mean, lineman scoring a touchdown. They deserve a. He deserves a sandwich. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I agree. He looked good. Well, and this is going back. Talk about trick plays. That's a trick play the Rutgers ran in the first Shiano era. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Zuta had a touchdown. Same That's play. A, 
that's a trick play that I mean that doesn't if you're gonna call that a trick play, then everyone shame, runs that. Right. Shame on Bill Belichick for doing it you know, in Super Bowls and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, get out of here with that Ohio State. You're gonna you're gonna run the table. Who gives a shit? You're gonna crush crush Michigan. You know, we'll get to that a little bit later, too. Yeah. But that's my fat sandwich. Everyone enjoy a fat sandwich this week. Everyone who won. Yeah. Let's get to it. We're recording this November 10th, but November 9th, 2006 was a very special day in Rutgers history. It was the crazy, crazy to think about it here. We're, we're 14 years removed from, from the Louisville game. And everyone that's going to be listening to this podcast is going to say, yeah, oh, I was there. Uh, attendance of 40, I think 44,117. So 44,117 in, in Rutgers Stadium. There's probably like 100,000 people that have said they were at that game. I'm sure. Well, I, I mean, you remember driving up and they were giving away, it was 101.5 was giving away tickets. But you, ha- I forget what exactly, you, you had to pull some kind of stunt. So this would have probably been the Jersey guys, Craig Carton at that point. Yeah. And this is how big it was. So we're going to talk the memories of that day. We were at at Rutgers and Camden. And I remember I went into a class. I think we left early. Did we tailgate for that game? Yeah. So you were in your senior year. I was in my one-a-year Rutgers Law School. And I remember walking in, I had my good luck sweat, which is now the good luck sweatshirt. Although, other than that game, you know, uh, so I have, the, I, and the professor's like, ah, knows that, I'm, you know, a football fan. He's like, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go to the game. And he looks at, well, what are you doing here? What do you mean? He's like, go, leave, get out of class, which I think allowed us to get a little bit of a head start going up to Piscataway to, to gear up for the game. Yeah, so we, we left a little early. It, it is so the game was special, and we're gonna get into it. It also just happened to be one of the strangest days in terms of other things that occurred, both tailgating and afterwards. I don't know if you remember. So we picked up uh my good friend Greg from the train station. Then do you remember then we almost died on River Road? Yeah, yes, correct. <laughs> like it was just so many different things that occurred. During that day, it was nuts. There were so many people around, too. It was that we arrived up there probably, what, two? Two, yeah, two, three o'clock, yeah. For, for a 7.30 kickoff, you know, we, it was just, you could feel that you could cut the energy. You know, the energy was palpable. Cut it with a knife kind of thing. Yeah. And there were people all over the place, and it, and it was just just in just an insane experience even from the tailgating you knew like something special was happening here and the the media coverage of it is kind of what i remember like new jersey 101.5 never talked rutgers football yeah. even with craig carton at that point a former sport you know a sports guy and would be a bigger sports guy they were talking about it was it uh were mike and the mad dog there or were they separated at that point the fan was there. No, they they definitely had to have been. They definitely they were not separated yet. They you know, were so remember, yeah, they were there. They were there. They were outside talking about. It. I remember six ten WIP talking about it. Yeah, in Philadelphia, yeah. and I, that's when it to me it was like, oh okay, so this is a really really. I mean, I we knew it was a big deal, but it was like this is a really big deal. Philadelphia media is now in on it, and. 
you just knew something something exciting was going to happen. Take me through the tailgating. I don't remember what was this when well, we left, lit the grill on fire. Like no, no, I, I talked about that on last week's uh, goal line stand. That was down in Washington. Uh, uh, no, there was another one. We did it in 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 in. in uh, no, but we have another story regarding that grill coming up. But I think another interesting thing regarding this, and now, so we parked in the rack for this game, and Mike and I, in our subsequent years, have parked. We've parked in the light blue lot. We've parked in purple. We've parked in black. And for a few years, we finagled some scarlet lot passes. And you know one thing, Mike? You think about it, and we, and we have tailgated for some big games. We tailgated for the Louisville 2012 game, the Michigan game, the Penn State game. As soon as we got in the lot for that Louisville game, you heard, and this is five hours before the game, four hours before the game, you heard our U chance just break out out of nowhere. It was unique, and I've never heard that since, and there have been other big games. It was definitely like a united atmosphere. Yeah. Going in, we're always big going into the building guys early. We like to go yeah. in and watch warm-ups. It's just how we were raised. It's one of those things we do. Yeah. Uh, what were your memories of go- walking in there? So it's weird to me to, to visualize the building without the end zone Yeah. now. But, you know, this was the old setup. Yeah. Well, you know, one other cool thing about it, taking the bus from the rack, the shuttle bus from the rack to the stadium. So by the so it's November, it's, it's already dark. And it's cool the way you like you made a turn and you see the state. It was kind of like a field of dreams moment, right? And out of nowhere, you just see the stadium light up and there was other spotlights and everything going on. But yeah, I'm you know, there was just like an energy to the crowd. And plus, having gotten there early, we benefited from uh basically taking as many towels as we wanted. We <laughs> we basically had about a hundred towels. So also I guess to give more backstory. So it was the three of us. And we actually had six tickets. Uh, my father met up with us with two of his co-workers. So we had six seats. Um, we were in the section right above the entrance, the end of the tunnel. And we had about a hundred towels, which le- I think I still have like one or two left. I don't know where they've gone, but you know, it's nice that at least I have one or two left. I have a rally tail collection uh, from it started then and then continued on through Philly's postseason. But yeah, I still have it. I still remember taking, taking literally like a box. I think we took a box and just put it under the seats. Yeah. Yeah. The, the amazing thing about that game is, and having gone to games, obviously for before and after me before more, more so than you, but before and after it, you know, people were in the stands for kickoff. Oh yeah. People that, were that in, place was full. People were in the building an hour before game time. Yes. It was it was like okay, we have to be in there. And granted it's smaller capacity, but 44,000 people were were in the building. And the thing that I remember the most uh, of that pregame is when they did the team has left the locker, which yeah. I, I'm sure they had done it previous to that. I'm almost positive. Yeah. But the thunder, the thunderous vibration when that team came out onto the field yeah like i almost expected Rutgers just to run away with it yeah that was it that was an awesome moment and and a very cool 
yeah, not gimmick. Just it was a very cool thing. Yeah, I mean, look, we you, know, you can talk about other great entrances in college football. I think Virginia Tech has the best, but this was, you know, for what Rutgers has, that was so great. And we've talked about, you know, um, off air. You know, I, I had the opportunity for one year to be on the Rutgers fan advisory board where you would go up and talk with the athletic department. And I said, why don't you bring that back? And they, their answer, by the way, and you Rutgers fans, some of you might have been there in those meetings. They said they can't do that anymore because they don't, you would need HD cameras. To which my response is they've landed rovers on Mars. You can't replicate what you did eight years ago. That makes no sense to me. I'm sure once people are allowed back in that building with with Shiano back, I'm sure that's going to happen again. Yeah, I, I hope so because that was that was a great thing. And yeah, oh, I remember that was it was like Conor McGregor leaving his locker room, uh, your dressing room for a fight. It was that was awesome, and that stadium was so friggin' loud. That stadium was as loud as any 70,000 or 80,000 seat stadium, considering there was a huge opening. It wasn't yep. even closed in yet. Right. I mean, the end zone, there was the temporary bleachers uh, in front of the hill and, and the uh, scoreboard. Yeah. The game itself. So the game itself, it was weird because Louisville comes out and there's a reason they're number three in the country at that point, right? And, and they kind of they kind of jump all over Rutgers early. I remember thinking we there's still an opportunity here, which in years past and and before that and since it would have been all right. <laughs> well, that was fun while it lasted. Let's pack up and go home. What are your yeah. memories of the actual the game itself before we get to the end? Obviously, yeah. So you know, look, I went into the game cautiously optimistic. But also realizing Louisville, there was a good team. They had just beaten West Virginia the week before. Um, I thought things were going to be different. So we went, we got down 7 nothing, And then Devron Thompson had a beautiful interception. And, you know, he, he he's running down the sideline and he won't go down. He, he broke a few tackles. He ended up getting pushed out of bounds. But just the way he was playing, the energy, I'm like, you could tell the energy of the Rutgers team that Louisville was not matching it. Then the next play, um, Teal hit Taekwon Underwood for the touchdown. There was just an energy, you know, and remember, Bobby Petrino had to resort to a bunch of fakes and trick plays, which I don't know if you recall was pissing the hell out of my father, who started cursing up a storm against Bobby Petrino. He, he hated that guy. And this was before all the uh, sex scandals and the, the motorcycle down in Arkansas. Uh, so, you know, even even though they were down, I thought it was gigantic that they scored a touchdown before the uh, half. And when they got down 25-14, I thought there was a chance. And the fact that we held them scoreless the entire second half, just unbelievably impressive. And when you talk about the, the crowd noise, I distinctly remember – in the third quarter, um, it, the the crowd was so loud. Louisville was like, they were kind of like right in front of us. They were maybe like the 15, 20 yard line by, down by on our side. And they, 
snapped the ball, and half the linemen didn't hear it. And Ramel Meekins sacked Brian Brom. It was that loud. It was so much fun. We never sat down. We never sat down. We didn't sit down the whole time. That's really the thing. One of the things that stands out to me is that we were literally on our feet the whole game. Before we get into kind of the end and what happened, uh, do you think the the girl there was a girl? Oh there was this girl. Uh, I'm I'm sure she had, had, and if she's listening, she's out there. Let us know you're okay. Uh, you know, 14 years later, she easily maybe took an edible, had a mushroom and some liquor before getting into the building. So we're maybe five rows off the cop. So when the stadium split, right, you get the family section in the, in the 100 yeah. level. Like I like to call it that lower level. Then there's the walkway. And then there's the main seating of the 100 level. Uh, we're right in front of the tunnel. And it has that canopy. I, I don't I, I don't know what was going on here. But this girl decided she was kind of dancing like a hippie. And then she was trying to climb up on the thing. Didn't know if she was going to jump off onto the field. But this went on for a good quarter of, of the of the game. Yeah, she kept going. I would love to see her toxicology report. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. thing. Everybody's <laughs> kind of looking around like, so should someone go help her? Should we call, should we call security? No, no, no. It's too important. Too much is going on on the field to worry about her. But it was like this added little side thing. She was so far gone. Had she provided a urine sample, it would have broken the machine. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And then, by the way, do you remember next to us on the other side was a married couple and a pregnant woman who, yeah. and, and to your wife, don't worry, nothing happened. But <laughs> this woman, actually, this is prior to you dating your wife. This is prior but, to me dating. Yes, your wife. but this 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 married pregnant woman, every time anything good happened, was hugging you, yeah. and not her husband. Yeah, I think you could have went home with her. Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, let's, you know, so, it's just craziness. Uh, Rutgers, Rutgers, obviously, we know the moment it's coming up. Ito comes in, and you and I have this. I, I, I don't want to say it's not a hatred for kickers, but I have a general distrust for kickers. And I remember being concerned over the kick here, and yeah. the initial kick goes through. I we're celebrating. Yeah. We had no idea he missed the first one. The, no our entire section is celebrating. Right, everybody on that end of the of the field. So down near the old open end zone is like this. We just we took the lead. Yeah, it, it was chaos, and then. You couldn't hear the official make the call. No. We had no clue what was going on. They fired. I was the very guy. confused. And we started yelling, like, why are you kicking again? What's wrong? And then we kind of assume, we're like, he must have missed it. And then the other big thing was, so he makes it. Obviously, you know, we, we see later on, Ito has the great presence to point at the overhead camera. Just such a cool sight. Uh, but then it's, okay, the, the kickoff team, unfortunately, had struggles. Throughout the game, they gave up a kickoff return for touchdown. That guy probably averaged about 50 yards of return that night. So it was a question to squib or not to squib. And I was praying he was going to squib the kick, and he didn't. And I, I don't and remember, this is back when I didn't watch kickoffs. So you're giving me the play-by-play, -play and you're screaming and cursing, oh, my God, he kicked off. I can't believe it. And you're hitting me on the back. And like I think I got bruised up from that. So, and on that kickoff, we joke about it, but we're South Jersey guys. We had a general distrust for Washington Township. Yes, uh, 
So there was, there was a Washington Township player, Ryan D'Imperio, on there. Actually, did he make the tackle? He was in on the tackle, wasn't he? I think it was him and George Johnson. Right. Who, so another who, South Jersey guy, by the way. Yeah, so it was like one of these things, like, oh, great. We got to, you know, we have to – our hopes and dreams are relying on on a Washington Township guy. And I, I, I've i actually spoken to him. He coaches at, yeah. you know, in, in my job as an official. And uh, it, I told the story. So, you know – it was scary. That kickoff almost went not our way. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've since learned even beyond that, never good to put your hopes and dreams on anyone from Washington Township. So uh, it's uh, that was scary, even though I didn't even see it. And I, I literally – I'm glad you didn't break a vertebrae. You were double axe handling my back as they're running. And he's like, oh, my God, he's going to break it. Oh, my God, he's going to break it. Okay, he got tackled. I'm like, oh, thank God. My back couldn't take it. One of the plays that doesn't get it, or videos, that doesn't get enough airplay after of that game is remember they get to Brom. Everyone storms the field with one second left, yeah. so, which is a penalty. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's a 15-yard on sportsmanlike penalty. That probably puts Louisville in a long field goal range, but yeah. field goal range nonetheless. And the thing I specifically remember about it, I think the officials came on and said something, and was the the way that the crowd swarms the field, almost it's like a cartoon, like they slam the brakes on and then start going the other way. I still have a visualization of this kid over where the old student section used to be, over in the corner, where they ended up putting the band on 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 the ground in the field, like diving. For the pylon just to get out of there. Like he was the last yeah. man left. And it was like the referee was going for the flag. We know what happens. The sack, the storming of the field, chaos ensues. It was, I could have made out with that woman that was next to me. Oh, yeah. He's hugging oh, yeah. me. I don't know what her husband was doing. <laughs> I was don't really, know. It was interesting. Yeah, it was. Um, they should have named their kid after you. Uh, it was, yeah, that was a great moment. Um, and by the way, thank God for that. Remember, that was the year they had that cr- they instituted the crazy rule that once the ball was set, the clock would start. So they had to get down right away. And, and then George, I think it was George Johnson with the sack, and that was Bedlam. And we posted the pick on. Um, did you post it on Instagram or just on Facebook? It's just it's or on Twitter. Facebook and Twitter, yeah. Night Talk okay. Pod. We 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 posted our pick of us from the stands, an original selfie before. Camera phones were really uh, were really out there. We got a screenshot from us from the DVD. Yeah, well, the, yeah, that was cool that we made the uh, DVD. Yeah, yeah, and then then we had to go back to the rack. Yeah, so <laughs> it, you know, and look, you, everybody was there. We didn't go on the field. We kind of just took it. I think we were in such shock. I'm just, I was just like watching it. I, I, I like I couldn't comprehend. So, you know, like after 15, 20 minutes of just sitting there watching that, because we were also, um, I know my father waited for Bobby Petrino to come so he could curse him out. And then we were waiting for like Ray Rice to come because we got right in front of the tunnel and we were waiting for Ray Rice and Brian Leonard. Um, so then we go and and for all you Rutgers fans, though, there is the the, the shoot, like, like the cow path to get you to the buses to the rack that was already backed up 
to the point of before the bubble. So we were like, we're going to be sitting and waiting for this for the next three hours. I'd rather walk. That was at least what we decided. You know, we thought at the time was the prudent thing to do. And we proceeded to walk to the rack in the middle of the night. I don't even know if we went the most. Did we even take the best route? I don't even think we did. No, I think we took a wrong turn at some point. And we ended up going through a quad, through the dorm area. You know, through we went through a wrong turn on Bush. We, yeah, we made a wrong turn. But it was fun nonetheless because we got to you know, experience everything that was going on on campus. Yeah. Uh, we said hello to some people on the roadway, which there's neither here nor there. Uh, then we, we close out our night. We're like, we're, we're late. We finally get to the car, but we're exhausted. Yeah. We have to head back down to South Jersey. Well, what do we got to do? We got to go stop at Roy Rogers. You forget. I left. We left the grill in the parking lot. Oh, that's where I knew we did something with the grill. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you and Greg had to go take a pee in the woods and I was exhausted and pissed at both of you. So I'm like, we're going and we forgot to put the grill in the car. Yeah, so we left the grill. So if anyone's still using a found grill from the Louisville game, uh, congratulations <laughs> and let us know that's doing okay. We end up going to the Turnpike rest stop. Uh, what's that? Molly Pitcher, I guess, right? Yeah, it was Molly Pitcher. We walk in and here is the Louisville cheerleading team. <laughs> Guys, girls, miserable. Just yeah. miserable. And and it, there was a bunch of Rutgers people walking in. And yeah. we're all, everybody's elated, Rutgers gear. And these people are just kind of sitting around. And I, I think we I think we razzed them a little bit. Nothing too serious. You and I, I think, kind of watched the other yeah. Rutgers fans. There were other Rutgers fans who were brutal. Like, oh, you're going. They're like, on, they're like oh, so you, you started the night number three. You lost to Rutgers. And now you get to go back to Kentucky. <laughs> Like they were just rude. It was that was a lot of fun. And I, I'm surprised the state police weren't called in to break up the. I mean, it was literally people just picking on these poor cheerleaders in the. Yeah. Rest. And then so you know the, the postscript to that is I drop you off, I get back to my house at three ten. So I'm sitting because I'm still you know riled up, and I assume as you remember that my dad was at the game. So I assume he's already upstairs sleeping. 30 minutes later, he comes in. He's like, that fucking line was brutal. <laughs> so we actually made the right call. I mean, because he talked about how that line didn't move. And it was because of that game that they changed the whole shuttle bus operation. And it was never again that bad. But he was in that line essentially for about three hours. Yeah, so. it it was I can't night. imagine being around him for that time. Oh, either. God, no. Oh, man. <laughs> that, although maybe we should have stayed. That would have been fantastic. Oh, now, God. It, it's a night to – it's one of those sports memories that I will never forget, obviously because we were there together and who we were there with. But I, well, I've been to WrestleManias. You know, I, I always tell people I saw Hogan and Rock in, in, in Toronto. And I know yeah. it's fake, but that's an electric moment. Yeah. I've been in the building when my team has won a championship with the Philadelphia Phillies. To me, this is still one of this is up there. This is probably it's probably my two. Yeah, it's and, you know, and we talked about this in the initial episode. It, there was it was a great overwhelming pride for Rutgers, but it was also for New Jersey 
And how often is there something positive for New Jersey? Right. We, you know, there's, you know, some people love the Sopranos. Some people hate it. Whatever. I don't know how you can hate it, but that's me. But, you know, you have that. You have what else, you know, do we talk about Snooki and the situation and the real housewives and Teresa Giudice flipping tables? So it was something proud of New Jersey. And, and, and it was a great moment for Rutgers and a great moment for New Jersey. Hopefully we got more of them coming up. I feel confident that we will with Greg Schiano back at the helm. We'll be back later this week to preview Illinois. I uh, want to talk general football. Follow us on the goal at the goal line stand at GL stand show later on today, our football wrap up show. I'm Mike. That's Brett. Keep shopping.